Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio, and on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we talk with, about your marriage and relationship issues and how they impact your workplace. But before Martha and I get to our incredible conversation about secret number seven, and maybe just a little tiptoe into secret, secret number six, a challenge out to you, but first, a thank you to Ace Andrews. He'll be engineering the show today. Hey, have you joined the I Work For Him Nation? Have you taken the time to make that commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day? Have you taken the time to just read what we're looking for, for members from members of the I Work For Him Nation? We're looking for Christ followers across the globe to commit to start praying for their coworkers and employees, look for ways to serve their coworkers and employees, look for ways to befriend their coworkers and employees, all along looking for opportunities to share your faith with them. But sometimes you may, it may just get started with looking for an opportunity to pray with people when you notice that their countenance is down. But all along, members of the I Work For Him Nation, we're looking for people who are committed to excellence in their workplace, that no matter what they do, they do it all for the glory of the Lord because it is the Lord that you serve. That's what Colossians 3.23 says. IWorkForHim.com. That's our website. IWork, the number four, Him.com. Go out there, click on the IWorkForHim Nation flag, and join tonight. Start making an impact on your workplace tomorrow, and watch what God does in your heart and in the hearts of those around you as you start to pray for them. You will see them transform in your eyes as God transforms your heart. But it does take a paradigm shift in our minds. Romans 12.2 reminds us, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that's really the way we're going to succeed in working for the Lord is understanding that we can't keep operating and doing our jobs and, and acting the way the world wants us to act. We've got to stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world because they are broken and screwed up. Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes 4.12 also says this, as it goes, Martha, into our conversation today. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We just spent the last 10 days strengthening our marriage. Yes, we did. Not Not to rub it into anybody. No, that would never be our purpose. No, but we did just have an incredible 10 days vacation. Really, we were seven days gone, but because Mm -hmm. we came back to our Memorial Day weekend. Greatest idea ever. Greatest idea ever. Yeah. We celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary, which comes up in June, as well as a couple of significant birthdays from Martha and I. That won't be mentioned. Oh, they're going to be mentioned. We're Mm -hmm. both turned 50 in the month of June. Martha happens to turn 50 
tomorrow. But we won't be singing to her on tomorrow's show, and we won't be singing to her on today's show either. Okay. But it is a very big happy birthday to you, baby. Oh, thanks. That's right. I love you, and you're amazing. What an amazing wife you are. You're an awesome husband, and I'm so glad we got to celebrate. That's right. It was really nice. We just got away. We actually disconnected from all electronics for seven complete days. No emails, no phones. Okay. Well, we did try texting. We did text a couple once. times from Puerto Rico. I'm sure but that we haven't costs, gotten the bill yet. I'm sure that costs <laughs> us about eighty bucks, but that was. I fun. hope not. All right, we are visited in studio today. We've got an in studio listener, not a participant, a listener, a good friend of ours, Sam Engelbert. He's here just to watch us. He's by day, he's a uh, calculus teacher for Indian Rocks Christian School, but he's out of school, and he said, "Hey." Can I come and watch in studio? And like, absolutely, you certainly can. Woo-hoo, but but I you promised, didn't give him a microphone. <laughs> I didn't give him a microphone. He's not married yet, but next week he'll be in studio with us with a microphone, and you'll All never. Right. And who knows what will come out of his lips next Monday? It'll be interesting. All right. So today, Martha, we're going to talk about secrets number six and seven from the Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage, written by Dr. Kim Kimberling, a book that we've been covering really all year long. When we had Tuesdays, we could dedicate to it. But let me just give our listeners an idea on why we're not talking about number six on the air. Okay. Okay. It's about sex. And so we're not going to talk about that in the air today. The because t- The title of the, the chapter t- is Mingle. Mingling, that is the mingling secret of number souls. six. That's right. So if you want to know more about chapter six... And you're wondering why we don't, there's not a show about it. It's there. You well, have to go read the book. I think that's don't one of the, the beauties movie. of radio is that people always say, leave them something that they still need to find out about. And we don't want to, you know, give you the whole cliff notes of the whole book, and then you don't have to go read it for yourself. So that's right. this is your opportunity. So Dr. Kim Kimberling is the author. You can go out onto Amazon or your favorite Christian retail site, Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage, and then you can read Chapter 6 all for yourself. We just figured in order to keep it family-friendly radio that we will talk today about fighting. No, not that kind of fighting, but the power of fighting together on the same team, which is why I use that Ecclesiastes verse. So can I say something about that verse? Yes, you can. Okay. You know what I visualize when you read that verse? What movie, what scene of what movie do you think that I visualize when we're talking about marriage and them standing back to back and protecting each other? I don't know. Oh, come on. I don't know. All right. So Sam, Sam, you know what? You didn't give him a microphone. Oh, yeah. Um, So... Mr. and Mrs. Smith, when they're in the store and they're oh, they're fighting all oh. the bad guys and they're back to back and they're going the around. The Brad Jolie team. Yes. I totally think of that because they have each other's back. They're, in the, that, they're in the department store. Yeah, they're in yeah. the department store and they're fighting off all the bad guys. So not the fighting they're the scene bad, when they're in their kitchen when, trying to kill each other. No, not when they're fighting not that scene. against each other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but when they're back to back. You know, maybe we should jump into the conversation about what this is about. Because this isn't really about fighting in marriage. It's about fighting together for your marriage. Yes. Fighting on being on the same team, fighting for that thing called marriage. Right. Let me just read that verse again. Ecclesiastes Mm 4.12. A person, and this is the New Living Translation. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And that is a verse that is often quoted at wedding ceremonies. Yes, it is. Well, but if there's two people, there's two cords, what's the third cord? Well, it's our Heavenly Father. There you go. That's right. 
Right. I mean, that's the whole thing of being intertwined, of our Heavenly Father being intertwined into our marriages. And that's the secret to our marriage being awesome at 30 years, is that we really had the Lord. We have struggled with our roles in our marriage on certain days, but God has never forgotten his role. And he's constantly drawn us together in those on those days where we have struggled. Right. Uh, and about the three corded strand three-stranded cord. Either way. Either way. (laughs) Like our kids at their wedding, they actually braided a three-corded strand. Or three cords to be a strand. Yes, that. And um, have that as a visible reminder because it is very easy. And that's what today's conversation is all about is how are some ways that we can fight for our marriage together? Because it's really easy to get distracted and to forget the vows that we made and the, and the, um, opportunity that God has in front of us if we take full advantage of it. Well, yeah, most people, when they're standing at the at the altar, mm-hmm. wherever they are, and a lot of people do it today on the beach or under a big tree or whatever, so may, not necessarily the sure. altar, but you're up in front of a bunch of people and, yep. you're, and you're stating your vows, and they can't imagine that day allowing anything to separate them, right. to, to divide them. But, so, but some couples go from I do to I don't in their marriages. And that's really what the plague that we're seeing in society today is somewhere between 20 and 30% of marriages are ending in divorce because people aren't given the tools on how to fight for their marriages. They And so when things get really difficult, instead of them leaning on each other and leaning on the Lord, they just give up and go out and lean on somebody else outside the marriage. Right. And not even just not given the tools, but they don't have the desire, the purpose. They're not encouraged to fight for it, that it's worth fighting for. And so that's really a lot of what we want to disband or dispel is that idea that it's not worth fighting for because it is. It is the most important um, relationship here on earth that you should be fighting for. And, and we've said it many times on the air before, and we'll say it again, that we have, every marriage is savable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter at what it, at what state it is in. We've seen even marriages that have already ended in divorce. We've seen them saved and resurrected. So every marriage is savable, but only if both people are willing to work on it. Right. Make that decision that it is that they want to fight for it and, and do what it takes to mend the relationship or strengthen it. Cause for a lot of people, it's not that it's necessarily broken. It's just, um, it's it's just not there anymore. They just haven't done anything to pursue that relationship. Well, and that's one of the reasons why we do the marriage retreat cruise, mm-hmm. because we really want to give people an opportunity at least once a year to work on their marriages. So many, so often we talk to business owners who are working in their businesses. They're they're all tied up in all the details, and they spend very little time working on their businesses. However, the same the same problem is within marriages. So many people are so busy just doing life, right. they're never working on their marriages, and so they get distracted. And people then find themselves twenty years down the road, where they've been so busy in life that they haven't worked on their marriages, and their kids start graduate from high school, and they're like, huh, "Who are you?" Yeah, and and we nobody wants to be in that position. Nobody wants to to wake up and say, "Oh my goodness, I what are we doing here?" You know, and we often have people tell us, wow, you guys made it 30 years. That's awesome. That's congratulations. Well, I mean, we didn't do that without working. Exactly. And a lot of praying. <laughs> well, Martha mostly praying for me, but no. praying, praying, praying together. No, but we, I mean, that's one thing that we've done. We've kept prayer at the center of what we do, especially when I screw up all the time. We're, we're praying together. 
Well, and that's the key. So you want to talk about some of the, the headings of this chapter? Absolutely. All righty. So one of the things that, um, you know, the, the book poses as a question, first of all, is it says, you know, if you see that something is coming between you and your spouse, would you even fight for your marriage or would you just keep on keeping on? Well, and I think we see a lot of people, they see something coming in, but they're like, ah, that won't bother. So just, I mean, there's so many soapboxes I could jump on here. I'll be <laughs> yes, very there careful. are. Be very... <laughs> okay, like kids' sports. Mm. Okay, that's one thing that can get in the way of marriages. They're so busy going in lots of different directions, and every kid's involved in a sport all year long. And, and that's coming between you and your spouse because it's dividing your time. And yet a lot of people are like, well, that's just what everybody does. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. What but the, it, well, but the point is, is that everybody might be struggling in their marriages too because they're not getting that quality time together because that is really necessary. Well, we also see money become one of those issues where they're like, oh, well, you know, let's get a couple of car loans. Or let's get a house loan. And it's big. And all of a sudden jobs come between people. Right. And having to work more and pull you away or maybe even be traveling. And right. it may mean more money, but it may mean a whole lot less time with family. And and not that there isn't a way to make that work. But again, this is the whole co topic of this conversation is how are we together going to fight for our marriage? So if that means that you set aside time every night that your spouse is traveling to Skype or that and you're making sure you're still um, keeping Christ at the center of your relationship. There are ways to make that work, but you have to intentionally be fighting for it. And fighting for your marriage really takes a lot of work. And some people might not want to work that hard. Well, then don't get married. I mean, marriage is, I mean, marriage is awesome, but it takes, it takes work. Well, I think it's like any, I mean, it's not like anything else that we do because it is completely different, but any decision that you make, if you're going to make a commitment, you have to be willing to take the commitment of whatever it is that it's going to involve in order for it to be good. If you want to be um, an Olympic athlete, you're going to make the commitment to do everything that you can to be the best that you can be. And for some reason, we don't apply that to marriage like we should. And so that's what this, this book is all about. And really just that encouragement. It's really about getting on the same page and how can we strengthen our marriage so that it is going to be one that lasts. Well, and it talks about in the book that, you know, this is all in the subchapter of the marriage that wins together. And we're talking about fighting together for our marriage. This is uh, based on a conversation, based on a book, Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage by Dr. Kim Kimberling. And, you know, it, it talked about, it kind of used marriages like playing a slot machine as one of the examples. And every once in a while, someone hits the jackpot. Well, we've hit the jackpot. I mean, we hit the jackpot. I, I it, It's it's really awesome. And a lot of times people have great days with their spouses and then the next day they just keep pulling the, 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 the one arm bandit and they're getting nothing. I mean, marriage takes work. It's not always a, a, a 10 day vacation. Correct. That would be a jackpot win. I struggle with that just a little bit. Because... Okay. We'll struggle out loud. Okay. <laughs> well, just in the sense that I think, I think a lot of people, maybe I'm thinking jackpot versus lottery, but I don't know that it's any different. Well, nobody, but, nobody wins the lottery except for people who then go bankrupt. But jackpot, everybody wins. 
if you go to the casino sooner or later, you're going to win. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in the positive. But it doesn't mean oh. that the first time you put a coin in that machine, you're going to hit the jackpot. I just don't want people to think it's like, okay, every no. one in a million marriages are perfect and they never have to no. work on it. No, I Not mean, that ev- kind of jackpot. Every marriage is perfect. Somebody has to work on it. And I think that's really the biggest point is that every marriage has the potential to per- per, uh, produce a jackpot, but it takes a lot of quarters to put in until you actually reach and that And we're not day. advocating going to the casino, right? <laughs> That's not what this is about. No, it was it an is, analogy. It is an analogy. Okay, just because, to clarify. But, but in order to win that jackpot, you have to keep putting quarters in. It doesn't necessarily mean that yeah, anyway, that, it, that's okay. a tough analogy. That was a tough analogy. That's why I said I had I was struggling with it. Well, but it's it's I think it's just the repetition of doing consistent things in order to win is it, that's what this is really talking about. You know what else it says here, too? There's some notes regarding that that says that most of the time people just stay for a little while, invest a little bit of time and money, and then move on. And I think the point was that it, it's be rep, you know investing more time. It's consistently investing. It is. It's almost like dollar cost averaging with your... With with your investment advisor like Luke and Dave from BelairWealthManagement.com. I mean, these are it, you got to consistently put in, or you'll never get anything back. Hey, before we get back to learning how to fight for your marriage, what, what are you laughing about? I just, I just got a text from a listener, and it said it, it was just playing off of our casino story. Well, I think, come on, let's hear the story from the listener. Not appropriate or what? No, he just he just says I think now I'm going to go to the casino and you know play the quarter slots or whatever. <laughs> so no, and I had another it's, text from another listener and I'm glad to hear that there are or see that there are people listening today. We thank you very much and we appreciate so we know, your we humor. Two, we know there's two people listening and that's good. And Sam's here in studio. So that's three right. and usually our moms and dads are listening. So it's that's good. Right. Hey, but when you're out there listening, it, we're just trying to challenge you to a deeper spot in your faith. And in our relationships, most of us don't spend enough time digging into our relationships. And if you're contemplating marriage, maybe you've already been married and are now divorced and you're contemplating marriage again and you're thinking, well, I don't ever want to get married again because it's not worth it. Uh, it, it, We're telling you it is worth it, but it does take work. And when you get married, there should never be a plan B. And that's part of fighting for your marriage. If you've got an out, you're never going to be successful in your marriage. There can never be an out. There's only an all in 100%. Yeah, that's right. One of the things that um, this book that we're talking about, The Seven Secrets of an Awesome Marriage, talks about not having a plan B having only a plan A and you fight harder for your marriage when you only have that plan A and that's that's the way you're going well, really when, to stay together. Right. And when you fight together, mm-hmm. your marriage always wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really part of the deal is that we're, we're trying to build winning marriages and it takes time and it takes effort. So, and Sam's here listening. Sam, uh, you got any thoughts? Oh yeah, we didn't give him a microphone. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but we'll hear those comments and we'll post them on Facebook right after the show. All right, so what's God's way? How's God's expecting us to fight for our marriage? I, mean, I think there's probably some very specific ways that we should highlight, that the book highlights that we should highlight on, on God's way we should fight for our marriage. Well, um, one of the things that the book really highlights is that a marriage that every day the couple puts God first and their spouse second is a foolproof way to have a marriage that stays together. That was really eloquent, wasn't it? It, it was. <laughs> no. Well, I was going to go back to something else that there, there okay. was listed in, in there. It talked about that there was an, an article from the Journal of Marriage and Family that said mm-hmm. that, that couples are, co- they're just living together. They're not getting married. Right. But eventually when they do get married, the divorce rate is over 50%. 
Couples that don't live together before they get married, their divorce rate's between 20 and 30. So you have, actually have a better chance of not getting divorced if you don't live together ahead of time. And part of it is you live with, when you're living together, there's no all-in commitment. There's always a plan B. Mm-hmm. And so you're giving yourself an out, which means you're not really working on it. And when you're married, you're committing. And I often talk to guys that are that are thinking about giving up on their marriages. And listen, you give up. Let's just call, let's just go through the consequences that you'll face. You give up in your marriage. You stop fighting today. You will live a life of regret because there is constantly going to be reminders. It, 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 divorce is a death that just keeps on giving and giving and giving. So then this chapter that is talking about God's way to fight for a marriage is number one, to start it off on the right foot, if at all possible. And if you have um, made some decisions that are not the way that God directed for marriage to be, step back together as a couple and say, and repent of them or talk about them and say, this is how we're going to handle our marriage going forward and make a, a renewed commitment to doing it God's way. Well, and God wants to honor that commitment we make to each other. Mm-hmm. And he would, he, he promises in the scripture that he'll bless us richly if we honor that commitment to each other. That doesn't mean you're going to be rich. He just says he'll bless you richly. Those blessings come in lots of different forms and functions. But I think it really, it comes down to the bottom line. Why are you fighting for your marriage? Why do you fight for marriage? Let's just lay that out for our listeners. I mean, because I, I think people that are listening today are going, well, I don't know if I want to fight for my marriage. I'll, I'll start off. I'll give okay. you an example. Okay. You fight for your marriage. Uh, number one, for the protection of your kids and your grandkids, because kids whose parents get divorced live with that pain the rest of their lives. They they, they never really get over it because it's something they live with a, a, a damaged parental relationship forever. Sure. So that is a reason not to That's, fight for yeah, your marriage. Yeah. I mean, and give your kids a chance. A lot of kids whose parents get divorced don't think that marriage really works. And so they don't want to get married. Right. And marriage is the backbone of society, mm-hmm. even though our government would tell you everything else, everything differently. But marriage is the backbone of society. It is. So that is a very good reason to fight for your marriage. Yeah, you're, you're protecting the hearts of your kids. But how about the influence? At, let's just t- take, for instance, your witness as a Christ follower. You get divorced. It really impacts your witness as a Christ follower because people, they look at you differently when they see that you're, that you're giving up on your marriage because mm-hmm. they were looking to you for hope. Right. If 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 you were living honestly in front of people, um, you know, then you're it's good to be transparent, let people know what you're going through. But that also means they need to see how Christ is working in you and how you are deciding to fight for your marriage or not. And marriages do come under attack. Oh, most definitely. Uh, not only from within, but from outside as well. And that's why it's so important. We're talking about fighting for your marriage. But one of the things it talks about, the, the, one of the, num- the number one reason for the cause of divorce in America today is debt. Mm-hmm. It's money. The conflicts of how you handle money. Well, and it's not necessarily the debt itself that causes the divorce, but it starts the fighting process. Well, it's the stress that the comes stress on with debt. And the disagreements, because it may be one-sided or it may be... Um, I mean, there's also a chapter in there about being selfish and, and we'll, I think we'll get to that in a little bit, but that goes really along with the debt thing too, because if it's a one-sided debt, it may be because somebody thinks they deserve something and that's not what marriage is. Well, I mean, I think people out there listen and they all agree with us. The fact that, you know, when you, when you have debt, there's extra stress, you have to work extra hard. And when you have debt, you have people constantly reminding you, Hey, you owe us money. 
Mm-hmm. And that stress constantly put on it, it makes you make decisions you don't necessarily want to make. Because of debt, you always had to have a part-time job even when we we're raising kids, even though our desire was for you to be a full-time mom. Well, you were a full-time mom and a part-time somewhere else, and eventually you were full-time two different places. Right. Because we didn't have the choice because we had debt in our lives. Well, we didn't have the choice because we had made the choice. We had made the choice to have the debt. Yes. Correct. Until we could get rid of that debt. Right. Yeah. So that, so fighting together to be debt-free is something that's really powerful. Dave Ramsey's done a great job at Financial Peace University teaching people to get out of debt. And one of the huge benefits of getting out of debt is it strengthens your marriage because it eliminates one of those choices that constantly erodes at the foundation of your marriage. Right. All right. We're talking today about secret number seven. To an awesome marriage by Dr. Kim Kimberling. All right, so sometimes the fight gets hard. Marriage gets hard. I mean, I I look back. I was talking to our son yesterday about this. That I think the toughest time in our marriage was when the kids were really little and in diapers. Because you have no sleep. No sleep. You're yep. working hard. You have a new no kids are strain demanding. on your money. Yeah, you're paying, you're spending five hundred dollars a month on diapers. <laughs> Felt like that much. I it don't did know. feel like that. I don't much. know how much we spent. We spent a lot of money on diapers. Yes, we did. We could have, yes. Anyway, spent a lot of money on diapers. So, but sometimes it just gets hard. There are many, many opportunities in a lifetime where we can break our commitment to each other, and it's recognizing that when it the fight does get hard, that we have to choose to fight even harder. Yes, and fighting together right. for the good of the marriage. So being on the same page and saying our marriage is it's not an option. We're going to fix some things. No um, plan when B. They, no plan B, only a plan A. So fight hard for it. And when the obstacles come, figure it out. Right before the break, you were talking about how Dave Ramsey with Financial Peace University has really made an impact on people in the area of debt. And I will say that one of the things that this book also talks about is if you're not in debt, be on the same page together to fight to stay out of debt, to not compromise. I know that there are times when um, one of us will be like, oh, don't you think we should do this? And the other one has to stand firm and say, no, we agreed. You know, so being on that page where we can say, no, we can stand up to each other. We are committed to being debt-free, or if it's a matter of you're in debt and you need to get out of debt, supporting each other in that way and saying, we are committed together to get to that point where there's nothing owed. And committing to be debt-free is really a commitment to a lifestyle Mm -hmm. because it means that you're not going to go out and buy a brand new car, typically, because you're not going to save up 40 or 50 grand to to, to write a check for that. Now, maybe you are. And that's fantastic, but it means, hey, maybe we're going to drive used cars. And I'm telling you what, the best thing ever, the biggest secret ever, let some other person, and I said that nicely, spend a lot of money in the car and wait to buy it three or four years old with thirty or 40,000 miles on it and get it half price. Who cares? Cars drive today for a long time. I'm driving a ridiculous minivan that's 11 to 12 years old with 230,000 miles on it. It still runs great. And, and I bought it half price. We yeah. bought it three years old, half price. That's a great way to stay out debt-free. Yeah. All right, so you want me to get off of that then? All right, but here's, never let anything cause you to compromise your marriage. And one of the ways to do that is never hide anything from your spouse. We're amazed often at how how many people keep secrets from their spouses. You can't keep a secret from your spouse and have a, have a, a rock-solid, tight marriage. Right. No it's secrets. Just, it's just a danger zone. And one of the, th- the other thing the book talks about is you will have a lot of opportunities in your life 
to let things get between you and your spouse. And so it's being every day. Yes. And it's being aware of them so that you can fight them off and, or go to your spouse and say, Hey, I, um, you know, this is really, whether it was a decision to, you know, play on a tennis team or whatever it might be, whatever decision that you made, if, if you see that it's impacting your relationship, you need to be able to have conversation about it and say, you know, this is not working for us because it's giving us less time together or it's causing friction where, or why is it causing friction? But again, just being aware of those things around you that we don't, going back to Romans 12 too, not conforming to the way the world does it because how's the world doing? And let God transform you by changing the way you think. And honestly, as you're listening to us today, you've got we have got to reject the way the world treats marriage today. I don't care how much the media tells you, they're just wrong. Plain and simple, stupid and wrong. They keep bashing marriage. They keep saying there's a better way than marriage. That marriage is an old, decrepit organization. It doesn't mean anything. It's a it's a it's a ridiculously old time, not trusted institution. And they're wrong. The fabric of society for the last 8,000 years, going back to the beginning of time, has been marriage. It's only in the last 20 or 30 years that people have compromised that. And that's because of this last point we're going to talk about today. Because I'm telling you that without marriages, our society will fail. Because marriage is a backbone to society. And without people making a commitment to each other, their lives will fall apart. And if we keep compromising, we, we, we end up with millions and millions of people who don't know how to commit to each other, and therefore they're completely self-centered, which that's the number one enemy of mm -hmm. any marriage is self-centeredness, being a selfish person. Right. And because marriage is not about me, it's about we or he <laughs> for you. I mean, I'm... My focus should be on you in our marriage. And my focus should be on you in our marriage. Correct. And our focus together should be on God in our marriage. Right, right. And that is the healthy way. But so many times it's it's so easy to be selfish. It is so, I mean, that that is not something you have to work on. That's really easy for you. It's easy for you to be selfish. It is easy I've for never anybody seen that to in be you. selfish. I don't, I've never seen you be selfish. Okay, that's not true. Have I never seen you be selfish? Yeah, no, you don't even have a net. You don't even have a selfish tendency at all in your body. Now me, I do that really, really well. But the point is that oh. we need to <laughs> moving right along. Moving you right along. Moving right along. Is that it's really easy to get into that? You know, to hear on radio and commercials and things like that. You deserve this. You should have this. You should do this. You know, and, well, we get and told the ridiculous... start to think that you really do deserve all those things. We get those ridiculous notions that you deserve happiness and you should do whatever that means for you to be happy. And I'd like you to point to what book in history that says that. Because happiness is not a guaranteed thing. We have the right to pursue happiness. We have a God grant. But in our marriages, the way you pursue happiness is never having a plan B, is actually pursuing each other and not being selfish. Selflessness is the key to a powerful marriage. Selfishness is a key to a miserable marriage. Did, so, you, did you catch that? Say it again. Selflessness yes. is the key to a powerful marriage. Okay. Selfishness is the key to a miserable marriage. That's very good. Should we patent that? No. Can't, can't, can I copyright it? Can't do that. 
can't do People can't see your face. She's shaking her head. <laughs> no. Can you move on, please, Jim? Sorry. No, it made me think of the, we talk about often the triangle in a marriage where God is at the top and the bottom two corners are the two spouses. And as long as we are both looking at God and our relationship is growing towards him, we're going to grow closer to each other. But the minute you start to have somebody very selfish in the relationship, um, you then it, it it becomes lopsided. It's not um, you're not growing towards each other. You have this friction. You you know you're trying to get each other's attention, and then you have a whole other kind of fighting because you're um, you're fighting for attention. Well, and, and really, what it is, it, when you start to be selfish and and focus self focused. You start looking at yourself and then you start pointing your finger at your spouse going, well, but you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong. And you're all focused on all their issues. When you're selfless, you focus on your own issues. And, and, and that's really the key to a successful marriage is to focus on your own issues because you can't fix your spouse. You can't? No. What can you fix? You can only fix yourself. Okay. And even that takes God. So in this book that we've been talking about, again, Seven Seven Secrets Secrets of an Awesome Marriage. By by Dr. Kim Kimberly. Yes. He says in this chapter, you know, often we think that we have a better way that will work. And then how really crazy is that notion? Because do you think that you have a way that is better than God's way? That's really a selfish thought. If you think that you can figure something out better than God. Well, and Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first, I can only get, I have this memorized in King James, of course. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Mm -hmm. All these things were uh, your your clothing, your housing, your food. It was all of those things, the provisions that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. And if we could just get husbands and wives, really, if we could just get general Christ followers across the globe to start focusing on their relationship with their Heavenly Father and stop focusing on their own selfish desires, they'll start to see amazing things happen around them. And in a marriage relationship, in any relationship, whether it's a relationship with your uh, your coworker or your spouse, anytime you are selfless, you will start to see amazing just People's hearts get touched and transformed when people are selfless around them. Yeah, so it was. It also says in this chapter that you end up, if you acknowledge and you realize that you are being selfish, then you really have to fight against yourself. You have to put aside self and say, you know what, this isn't about me anymore. I need to put my spouse first. And that's a real inner battle and and it's a surrender i guess is what it is i'm trying to think of what movie that brought to mind of somebody hitting themselves in the face with boxing gloves uh they couldn't control their hands they kept fighting it's probably a laurel and hardy or something i I I think it was a jim carrey movie or or i don't know it wasn't dumb or dumber but it it was but that's it's it is a dumb and dumber kind of an idea you just keep fighting yourself and really you want to make yourself miserable just give up and be self-centered and you can be miserable and wreck your marriage. It's perfect way. The perfect way to do it is become self-centered and self-focused, and you can destroy all of your relationships. It's a fantastic idea. Unless, of course, you want to be a Christ follower in your marriage, then you start being selfless. Jesus gave us a fantastic example of being selfless, and that's how you make an awesome marriage. You just tuned in to I Work For Him, and if you are just tuning in right now, uh, together on Tuesdays, Martha and I are talking about secret number seven from the book, Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage by Dr. Kim Kimberling. And we are finishing up a series we started back in January, Martha, and these seven secrets took a long time because we fit them here and there during around other guests. 
But, you know, if you're just tuning in, we encourage you to go back and listen to the archive. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, listen to the, well, click on the Listen tab, and then there's Radio Archives, right? That's exactly right. All right. So the last piece of this is really the final word. Yeah, and in, in, in this book where it just talks about um, the fact that we're fighting together for a marriage, that it's, if it is staying on the marriage highway with your eyes focused on God that makes all the difference. And all the things you encounter will either draw you to an exit or draw you closer to him. And the book just encourages us to stay on the highway. And, and the encouraging news, just hear this from us. The encouraging news is that there is hope for every marriage. There's hope for every relationship. There's even hope for relationships that aren't marriages. Let's just say you have a struggle with a relationship in your workplace. Mm-hmm. There's hope for that if you would approach it selflessly instead yes. of selfishly. Every relationship can be repaired if you approach it with the right attitude and actions. And that's really what this is all about. But more important than anything else is your marriage relationship. Whether you're heading into a marriage relationship or you're in a marriage relationship, or maybe you've just come out of one and you don't want to reproduce what the bad things that happened in your first marriage, the way you do it is you approach it selflessly. Martha, there were seven steps to an awesome marriage in this series. Yes. The first one, which we we did many, many moons ago. We did. The first chapter was stop, and it was talking about stop doing the unhealthy things and and decide what you need, what those things are, and stop doing them. And and step two was start, pursue God together, because he's got a plan for your marriage that is much more incredible than you can imagine, but you got to pursue him together. That's right. Number three was to connect. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I don't know that it is because I think we talk about it. Stop looking, listening to each other. Spend time together. You really have to work at that. A lot of people just take that casually. Okay. And then number four. <laughs> Sorry. Was to... Like Martha wasn't even listening right then. <laughs> yes, I was. We're going to have an argument after the Oh, show. yeah. No. Engage. That's what I was doing. I was engaging in that the conversation. That was engaging? <laughs> don't judge your spouse. Choose your battles well. That's the engaging mm. thing. Yes. All right. Balance. That was one that we really felt we like we about. had to learn a lot. That's why we went on that vacation. Chapter. Balancing. Yes. We need to balance our mar- our marriages and especially keeping God at the center of that. All right. In chapter six, you got to go to the book to find out more about chapter six was just mingling. God gave you a secret sauce to keeping your marriage strong and he calls it sex. And step seven to a secret marriage, the seven secrets is fight and to be together to fight for your marriage not in your marriage all right we've come to the end of another i work for him show and it's a fast moving we're running out of time martha but that was a great conversation really appreciate this book and uh that was fun can't wait to find the next book all right right, thanks so much for listening to i work for him today thanks to ace andrews they did a great job we want to thank our show sponsors please go out to iworkforhim.com at the bottom of the front page you'll see all of the sponsors there some of them are ministries some of them are businesses but these are people that keep us on the air every day please go out there and thank them uh, we really appreciate it. We also have a new button out there on iWorkForHim. You can donate to help keep this ministry on the air each and every day. But when you get home today, go out to iWorkForHim.com. More than anything, do this. Click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag and join the nation. You know, here we go, Martha. You and I, we're Christ followers. We own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.